Hey! This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. We're happy to have you here on JJ and Alex. Mondays are hard, but we're fighting through it. You're almost there. You're almost through the work day. And we're here to help you get the, to the finish line. Jeremiah Jensen, Alex Keery, not here today. Alex will also be gone tomorrow. Tomorrow on the show, Stevenson Sylvester will join me for an hour and a half before the Jazz game starts when they're taking on the Atlanta Hawks. So that'll be fun tomorrow. But today, the focus is on the now. Focus is on the present. And in my presence is the great Mitch Harper. <laughs> you know him, you love him. BYU Insider, KSLSports.com, and you do so many more things. KSL News Radio, Cougar Sports Saturday. We'd spend an hour here talking about everything you do. Well, thank you. You're busy. We love you. You are the go-to guy for BYU coverage. If you if you love BYU and you're not following Mitch Harper, you're not consuming Mitch Harper content, you're doing it wrong. That's where you're going to find the best coverage. And I love, Mitch, how it's just you, you're, you're so professional in what you do. Like, let's be honest. There's a little bit of sometimes uh, BYU coverage in the market that's a little too sure. fanish, if you know what I mean. Yes. We need to be real. We, everybody, it, we need to know what's really going on. We need to know what the truth is. We need to look at things objectively. Because if you don't, then there's no way for the program – to get better or to, you know, or fans to understand what's really going on. Because I think the greatest problem with that, and we're going to get into some BYU talk here in this segment when we start to cut, but real quick as I introduce you, when you get sold sunshine and rainbows all the time, like it hurts your expectations and your perception of the program and the players, and it makes for a negative fan experience. If you understand what's really going on, where things really are, it actually enhances your experience because you don't have unrealistic expectations and if the team does do much better than you expected or a player does better than you expected there's a lot of joy in that but on the other side there's a lot of misery and I see sometimes it's not just BYU it's all fan bases deal with this is there's there's just this like misery when things don't work out exactly how you expect them to be that's why reporting and calling things how it is is so important well I appreciate that JJ and excited to be in here in the studio today it's our first time hosting together since you've been in the saddle here and I'm That's excited. That's crazy. It feels like we, we I mean we've cro- we we've done we, you've been on our show. I've been on your we, show. We've done all kinds of stuff together. This is the first time you and I yes. are on a hot mic for three hours. Well we've had so many uh you know three hour nights in the in the <laughs> sports bullpen just, just you know talking sports and everything. Drive so. back from Vegas. <laughs> we've we, had adventures over the over we, the years. We have and and to, but with BYU and and all the uh, commentary there. I appreciate that because, yeah, just, you know, you want to give it to it straight. And I think that's what we'll be doing over the next couple hours here, talking uh, a lot of different topics with BYU, the Jazz, NFL, so much to get to because, yeah, I mean, people want to know the truth more than ever in society, in all facets, whatever they're interested in. They just want to know the truth. They don't want to be sold a bill of goods. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of be truth uh, that uh, we learned, truths we learned over the weekend, a lot of these teams locally. Uh, here in the market. So excited to dive into all of it with you. We got a lot to talk about today. The Jazz got a win last night. We got to see Victor Wembenyama 
He lives up to the highest. Yes, he we'll does. dig into that. Uh, we got our weekend Warriors. Uh, we're going to break down NCAA tournament projections. We're almost in March. It's time to get serious about college basketball. March is almost here. We're going to break it all down with the local teams. We got college football way too early. Conference title odds in the Big 12. As I mentioned, Jazz, NFL Blitz. We're going to have a great time here on a Monday. But let's get it started with some BYU talk. If we got Mitch Harper in studio, we got to do that. Let's begin with the cut right now. JJ and Alex. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Now, the timing for you to be on the show, Mitch, is perfect because spring football starts this week. And the weather felt like spring this past weekend. It's not going to feel like that next weekend (laughs) and on the field when they take it uh, to the field on Friday. But spring football is here. So we can kind of really turn the page in the next season. Spring football, look, is sometimes overhyped. It is what it is, and it's great. And if you're a hardcore fan, it's interesting to follow what's going on there. The development of your depth charts, uh, position battles perhaps. Um, Are some guys going to leave the program? There's some new faces. Your first chance to see the new faces. So a lot to dig into. It's not actual games, but there is a lot of important things that happen in spring football. So we'll start there as you're beginning uh, your coverage of spring football on Friday. And as we look ahead to it, what are you looking forward to the most? What do you want to learn about this team during spring football? Well, it's easy to point out, J.J., but I I think we do got to start at quarterback for BYU because that position group – is such a wide-open deal. You know, Kalani Sataki said a couple weeks ago that he has no idea who that starter's going to be. And, you know, that could be coach speak, but I tend to believe him because I don't think he's attached to anyone in this quarterback unit right now, and he really wants to see everyone compete. You've got Jake Retzlaff, who comes back after starting four games last year, Gary Bohannon, who's a transfer from Baylor, USF. You've also got a a former Western Michigan quarterback, Trayson Borgay, who comes in as a walk-on. And then you got some freshmen and Noah Lugo. And and you've also got Ryder Burton and Kate Finnegan's a returning letterman. So there's so many guys. But what makes it so interesting about this quarterback battle is that there's no hot shot, you know, high-profile recruit that feels like the next big thing. And to me, it's kind of the weakest grouping of quarterbacks that I've seen in a quarterback battle at BYU Mm. since about 2002. I went back and looked at some of the quarterback battles over the year, and that was with Brett Ingeman and Matt Berry, and that was a that was a losing tenure. We saw how that went. We saw how that went. And in a 16-team Big 12, where this is a much improved league when it comes to quarterback play, that position has to get right because. If it doesn't give you promise, if you're Aaron Roderick and Kalani Satake, you got to go shopping in you know post spring transfer portal window, and and I think that quarterback is position is going to be analyzed with a fine comb because they need to get it right there. And if they don't, another losing season is going to happen for BYU. You have to have great play at quarterback to win in the Big Twelve. If you have that many quarterbacks, you have none. Yeah, we all know how the saying goes: if you've got two quarterbacks, you have none. Now, if you're BYU and you've got, what, eight quarterbacks? and you I mean, they have none right now. And that's the feeling I'm taking as I go in there. I can't look at one guy and say, he's the man. He's like, that's, guy, that's the guy that's going to shine. He's going to stand out. You usually always have an idea. You don't know, especially when we have quarterback battles. You remember Zach Wilson? Yes. And uh, there was a quarterback battle there. 
even though he was the entrenched starter because there was Jaron Hall behind him, who was a really good talent. So as good as Zach Wilson was, he was being pushed by Jaron Hall. That's a great quarterback battle. That's the kind of quarterback battle you want to have on your team. They don't have that. This is not that kind of a quarterback battle. This is a wide open, we have no idea type of battle, which concerns me greatly about BYU is they have not figured, this has got to be figured out and it's got to be good because you're going into the Big 12 second year now where you're looking around and BYU fans are sick of us hyping up Cam Rising in Utah, but the honest truth is Cam Rising's won two Pac-12 championships. He's a proven guy. They're ready to go. The added benefit that brings to your program right out of the gate, you cannot, you cannot place enough value on that. And you know watching BYU last year, even Keaton Slovis coming, knowing he was the starter, it still didn't materialize. So it's so important to have that position solidified, to have a guy you can trust that you know is going to perform because it impacts everything else that's going on. So you can understand why there's so much concern about this. They don't know who that guy is. It could be Gary Bohannon. We watched him. I, w- I was on the field at Baylor when BYU went down there. I thought he was as good as Jaron Hall in that game. Yeah. Obviously, that's not a consistent thing he was able to put together, and the injuries came up. I know it's there. I know he has it. But if you haven't seen it for two or three years, you can't believe it. Jake Retzloff, there were moments like, okay, he's got some skills. He's got certain things. He's mobile. I like that. But the costly turnovers and the, like, what was that kind of throws gave you pause. And then beyond that, we don't know any of these guys. We don't know what they could do. They're not proven. I mean, Kate Fennigan's played in some games. Didn't go well Boise State. Uh, I don't know. There's just too many I don't knows, Mitch, and that's why there's reason for concern here. It is concerning. And, you know, you look at Kalani Satake's best teams. He's heading into his ninth year already, which is crazy to think. Wow. His best teams at BYU, 2016 with nine wins, 2020 with 11, 2021 with 10. The common theme, NFL quarterback Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall. Mm. If Kalani wins, you've got to have an NFL quarterback. If he doesn't have an NFL quarterback, it's about seven wins on the high end, and that was with independent schedules. No one's going to say that those independent schedules, even though they had maybe higher level of top-end teams, the bottom of those schedules was bad. There's yeah. no you know, terrible teams in this 12-game schedule. BYU's got a bunch of games next season where they could be 50-50 games. Like, I'm not looking at anyone in the Big 12 and saying they are just untouchable. I mean, that's going to be kind of the entertainment value of the Big 12 is that it's 50-50 football every week. Anything can happen, and it's going to be wild. And and BYU could maybe be that team that was like West Virginia this past year where they rise from the ashes and give you an eight-win season maybe. But... History has shown that Kalani's got to have an NFL quarterback to get that done. And if he doesn't, it's going to be a lot of hair hair pulling and you're going to be feeling like BYU is not in a good place. And the stakes get magnified when Utah's in the league. I think that's an underrated storyline going into the season that now you are in the same league as your most heated rival. There's no debate about like this is the rival. Like, no, it's Utah. That's your rival in the Big 12. And if they step in this league and just win it, and I think they're at a minimum in the top three of this league, at a minimum, uh, that's going to be that's going to elevate the stakes and the urgency for BYU. So they've got to get this right. And I think that you have so many guys in that quarterback unit right now because they all feel like what we're talking about. There's no clear cut guy. So you know, Ryder Burton saying I I could maybe emerge. Like, is it possible? Probably not. But there's this feeling around the entire BYU program where. Everything's up for grabs outside of, 
you know, defensive end with Tyler Batty and cornerback Jacob Robinson and a handful of offensive linemen with Connor Pay and Braden Kime. I think every position is up for grabs for BYU. Wide receiver, I, I feel like there should be position, there should be competition, even though you do bring back Chase Roberts and you bring back Cody Epps and you bring back some key pieces, Keelan Marion. But there, there needs to be competition because no one, especially on the offensive side, etched their name as the clear-cut guy because that was a disaster last season in many regards for BYU. I mean, if you don't have, you know, a, a, a season-opening uh, opener against Sam Houston, and if it would have been Tennessee like originally planned, you're talking about a four-win season. So BYU had a, a lot of issues last year. But Kalani does, you know, whenever to his credit, whenever he's made changes and there were some tweaks to the offensive staff, he tends to have a little bit of an uptick in in wins and in production. So bowl game is doable, but, you know, spring ball has got to really get some answers because if they don't get those answers, they got to be heavily involved in the post-spring transfer portal window. I have one answer for you about the NFL quarterback thing. They don't have an NFL quarterback. That's the thing, they too. They just don't. I don't. And I'm with you. I, I think that's where I point to back all the way to 2002 because – uh, in that stretch, that if for people that I mean, it's a history lesson in a way. It's ancient, ancient history for many people now. But you know that was a stretch where BYU was on a, a three-year losing skid with Gary Crow, and and they had no NFL quarterback. And then John Beck in the later stages emerged and became the guy, and he went on to be an NFL QB. And then from Beck became Max Hall, and there's been a stretch of really good quarterback play in the last two decades for BYU, a lot better than I think. People realize, I think so many times they just turn to the 70s and the 80s when it was the heyday of BYU quarterback play, and it's still the the gold standard. But, man, BYU's had some really good QBs in the last 15 or so years that have played in the NFL and won NFL games. And uh, that right now, there's no sign of a guy in, in that unit that screams NFL to me either. And I think a part of a big part of this issue right now, the quarterback unit for BYU, is that they went two entire recruiting cycles without signing a high school guy. And it's created this situation where they're in hurry-up mode and they've got to go get a one-year rental or a one-year guy like Gary Bohannon and Keaton Slovis last year to kind of put a Band-Aid on the issue. But uh, I think in an ideal world, BYU has – Retzlaff emerge as the starter out of spring, but young guys like Ryder Burton and Noah Lugo show promise that say they could play if called upon in the fall. Because if that doesn't happen, then you're talking about being in a world where you're going for another one-year guy next year or even this summer if if needed. So wow. it's just kind of a it's a it's a very important spring. And I know that that sounds very uh, reality TV show host to me, like the most important spring ball ever. <laughs> we say this every offseason. <laughs> But it does feel like it because, look, I mean, you go back-to-back losing seasons. I know Tom Homo told me that Kalani Satake has no hot seat right now. But, uh, I mean, the standards should still be at a high level, I would imagine. Like, BYU football's, you know, in the top 10 in wins over the last 50 years. They know winning football down at BYU. And just because you're in the Big 12 doesn't mean that that standard should be lowered. So, you got to still win games and that's the challenge in front of BYU to get those answers, to find those guys that are going to go win those ball games coming up in the fall. Well, not to be too negative here. We're just being honest about the quarterback position. It is a major concern. There are reasons to be positive, though, and there's a lot of other things going on. I, I love what Jay Hill's doing with the defense. I thought you saw improvement last year in the defense. It wasn't as much as you'd probably like. I don't think the pass rush was as good yeah. as it needed to be, but it was a little bit better. Does that get even better this year? How much better can that defense be, and what do you want to see in spring that will confirm that to you? I think they're going to be a top four defense in the Big Twelve this year. Okay, and I so think that's positive. T- I think they're going to take a huge leap. Uh, I feel like the addition of Jack Kelly 
is going to be an instant impact, plug and play. He's a starter, and you pair him up with Ben Bywater, maybe Ace Kafusi as another linebacker. I love the talent at linebacker for BYU. It's back to being, you know, where you feel like you're three deep, and, and that's where BYU should be. You still got Harrison Taggart coming back, former corner Canyon, Oregon guy. Uh, he's in his second year at BYU. I think the defensive line will be much improved for BYU. And I think a lot of that is because the continuity won with Batty returning and Zay Banya. But I love the new additions that BYU brought in from the JC and and transfer portal ranks. I've talked about him quite a bit, but Sonny Tuala, he's going to be part of spring ball. He was a JUCO transfer. He's incredibly raw. He's only played football for about three years in his life. But if he can kind of catch fire, I mean, the athleticism that he has off the edge will be a huge boost for BYU. And I, I noted Jack Kelly, like I think in talk, talking about, you know, pass rush, he led the big sky last year at Weber State in sacks with 10 and a half. BYU as a team had 11 sacks. That guy alone will be, will instantly provide an uptick in production for BYU you there and I like the cornerbacks with Jacob Robinson I think there's you need answers as far as who's going to be that starter alongside him but I know they really like Maury Bamba uh, he was someone who got a few starts last year but he's still very young and, and raw but they bring in a few guys from uh, JC ranks and also uh, guys back from injury the safeties bring back Micah Harper I think that sec that defensive unit second year under Jay Hill I'm saying I feel like they'll be top four in the Big 12. I think they will make massive leaps forward. The biggest question, I think, on the defensive side is the D tackles. Uh, John Nilsson comes back from an injury, which I think is a big deal for BYU. But I think that's an area where BYU's got to maybe hit the portal to add depth at that position because it is relatively thin there unless they get some immediate answers from some of these JUCO transfers that Jay Hill and Sione Buha brought in. But I I like the defense. If they can stay healthy, they're going to be a really good group. So if that defense is as good as you say it is, that'll keep them in some games. It'll give the offense a chance. I think so. As it tries to figure some things out. Well, let's talk about some other positions on that offense because you lost some running backs. And uh, Aiden Robbins, who I felt like should have came back, decides to go to the NFL. That was a big loss. LJ Martin, he proved himself, but was it consistent? And is he ready to step into that role? How do you look at that running back position? Because running the football was a problem for BYU's offense. It put a lot of pressure on Keaton Slovis. And the the pass game couldn't carry the offense. How much better will the run game be, or will it not be? It's a big question, like quarterback. And and I think part of it is because of the high standard that the Big Twelve has for for the running game. I mean, the, the backs in this league, not only the best in the Big Twelve, but I think some of the best running backs in college football. I would say five or six of the best top ten running backs in college football reside in this league. When you think yeah. about Ollie Gordon, R.J. Harvey at UCF, uh, Taj Brooks at Texas Tech. Uh, DJ Giddens at, at Kansas State. There are some great running backs in this league. So there's a high standard uh, for what the, is expected from that position. And I think LJ Martin has star potential at BYU. I, I do. And I think the coaches see that in him. And But is he ready to be that guy? I mean, he's one rolled ankle away uh, from then you're turning to Miles Davis, who has seldomly played and had a brief moment in the transfer portal. And then it's maybe Hinkley Rapati who had a few games, but he's also had a history of uh, putting the ball on the turf and not, you know, taking care of ball security. So big questions there. I- I'm very surprised that BYU comes into spring without a transfer portal addition. It feels like it feels like that's been the the bread and butter of BYU off seasons where out of all the positions out of the portal, you can tell running backs, hey, we've had Chris Brooks, Tyson Williams, Aiden Robbins, all guys that are going to get a paycheck from an NFL team. Like I think Aiden Robbins is going to get maybe a undrafted free agent opportunity and get a chance to, to earn a paycheck. And Chris Brooks was, 
you know, a, a thing in Miami last year. So I think that that's been a position where BYU's had a lot of success. And Tyler Algier and Jamal Williams, they've churned out NFL backs under Kalani Satake. So uh, they are putting a lot of expectations on on on, on uh, LJ Martin. But I think a, a guy to keep an eye on that I'm very intrigued by, he's a local kid from Tintview High School, Pokayawa Honga from Tintview High, came back from a mission. He could be kind of like, there's a little bit of comparisons to Harvey Unga potentially, really good athlete. I think he could be one to watch that could emerge and be a, a spring ball name that no one's talking about right now that could be someone that we're talking about come summertime around Big 12 media days as maybe a factor in that running back unit for BYU. But it's it's light, and, and I think that's uh, an area that uh, they've got to bolster. Regardless of what happens in spring, I think they need to add someone in that post-spring window. The O-line, is it going to be – was it coaching last year? Was it talent? Was it mix? Are they going to be good enough this year? Is it going to be better? I think that they are going to be better. TJ Woods comes in from Georgia Southern, and I saw him at the BYU-Baylor game, all decked out in BYU gear's family, so he's leaning into being a BYU guy. Got the great offensive line and coach mustache, like looks like an offensive <laughs> line coach. That. He looks the part. Uh, Connor Pay returns. Braden Kime, I think, is an underrated return. I think he's someone that maybe a year from now could be maybe an NFL pick, potentially, because he's a freaky athlete, Kime. So I, I like that grouping. You know, it's interesting. Kalani Satake said he is just so excited about year two with Caleb Etienne. He kind of wanted to temper the expectations, but he feels like it's going to be night and day. And that's uh, that would be a huge development because of Etienne becomes the player that they thought he was going to be when they got him from Oklahoma State last year. Uh, that could be a game changer for BYU along the offensive line. I don't think they're as deep as what they've been the last three years. I think it kind of stops after about six guys, and you feel like there's a lot of questions as are they ready to step into uh, a Big 12 game, but the coaches have really loved Lone Peak High uh, return missionary Joe Brown, Mm -hmm. who they elevated from preferred walk-on status to a scholarship. He could be a starter uh, in, in year one back from a mission. He's going to compete in spring ball. So I think they will improve, and I think that there's going to be a lot more aggressive uh, attitude. I think T.J. Woods is going to bring an intensity where they're going to hold guys accountable. That wasn't happening last year with the previous regime with Daryl Funk, and I think that alone can can help maybe get the most out of these players that are talented at the top end of that unit. Last BYU topic before we go to break. This has been a great spring tra- uh, spring football primer. Tight end position really, really slipped last year. Is there, Can they find somebody in spring that can emerge there? I think so. And I think that the two guys that I'm really curious on are Jackson Bowers and Reiner Swanson. One, because of their, you know, decorated high school careers, four-star prospects. I mean, had you name a school and they got offers from them. I mean, they, mm. they got SEC offers. I mean, Reiner Swanson's a 17-year-old kid, comes in from Laguna Beach, California, turned down Texas. And he was heavily considering Texas, but it was – just the pull of BYU. There's still that appeal for for LDS kids uh, to play at BYU. So that was a big win for BYU on the recruiting trail. But also Keanu Hill switches over from wide receiver to tight end. Keanu Hill is about you know, 235, 240 pounds. He was struggling to keep off the weight. That was one of the big reasons why they switched him over to tight end. You know, if, if he can continue to run the same type of routes that he had as a wide receiver at the tight end spot, he, he could be a factor. But 
I just haven't seen it consistently from Keanu to say he's going to be the guy. I'm looking more to Bowers and Reiner Swanson to be those guys. You also bring in uh, Ethan Erickson, who's a returning letterman, and also Anthony Olsen from Olympus, who I really like, could be a, a name to keep an eye on. I've been, I've been high on him for the past couple of years, but still kind of learning the game of football. He's in his third year at BYU. I think he's a really good athlete and could earn some playing time this season. That is a great primer for spring football for the BYU Cougars. It begins on Friday. Mitch is going to be all over it. Be sure to watch his coverage and consume his coverage (laughs) in all the different media formats, social media, KSL News Radio, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. He's all over the place, Mitch. That's great. Uh, Look forward to another spring football season getting underway. We've got to take a break. We will be right back. JJ and Alex, Jeremiah Jensen, Mitch Harper, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.